everybody. Welcome back to the Road to Westeros, day number four. That's right. We are halfway there. It's hump day here on the Road to Westeros. Josh Wiggler. Oh, blah, blah, blah. Sorry. Sorry. I was just cooped up in a box for that whole trip across the Narrow Sea, and I just ate my lunch way too fast afterwards, and I'm just puking everywhere. Oh, no. What'd you have? Red wine only. <laughs> Liquid lunch. <laughs> Oh, okay, so here we are. Nauseous and drunk. You know, coming into season five, mm. that I was most excited about this idea of, oh, Tyrion and Varys believe, on the road. Yeah, I believe they want a throner for that. Yes. Tyrion and Varys on the road, and here we go. We're going to get this great story of Tyrion and Varys together. They're going to be so great. They were together for what? Five minutes. Five minutes. <laughs> They were together a short period of time. I think it was an honest three episodes and then a reunion at the very end of the season. But then we have the, as I called him, the criminally underused Varys. Yes. He is there in Marine. Yeah. Danny is in Parts Unknown. Yeah, with Anthony Bourdain. Potentially, yes. We are going to finally get to see the promise unfulfilled of Tyrion and Varys together leading Marine. Except when Varys just gets overtaken by the Sons of the Harpy 30 <laughs> minutes into the premiere. No! And that's it. That's the end of the Varys storyline. <laughs> okay, so I'm really pumped up about what's going to be going on here. Of course, this is day four of The Road to Westeros, our seven-part series, taking you all the way to Sunday night's premiere of Game of Thrones Season 6. We're very excited about all of that, and that's why we're here one podcast a day getting you ready. If you missed any of the previous episodes, you can hear them when you subscribe to the podcast. Go to postshowrecaps.com slash G-O-T iTunes, where we always appreciate your feedback, your comments, and your stark ratings. Yes, get those stark ratings in. Okay, so here we are today to talk about Marine. Of course, at the end of last season, Danny flew off on Drogon after everything going on at the Marina. Yeah, man, dragon flying. That was cool. It was that cool was to see cool. somebody on dragon back eventually. We'd been waiting for that. That was big. That was big. But she got dropped off somewhere. Yeah. And then got picked up by the Dothraki. Right. It's a reunion. Yes. Dothraki she, reunion. She left her ring, her class ring, uh, <laughs> where maybe somebody could Is find that what her. that was? I think yeah. so. Yeah. Her, her pinky ring yeah. that she picked up in Cicero. I thought it was her promise ring that she got from Cal Drogo. He was such a romantic. Yes. Yeah. So that ring has been left behind, but now she's captured by the Dothraki. Well, is she captured? I mean, we don't really know what's going on. She's surrounded by a Dothraki horde the last time we see her. We do know from Danny's earlier season adventures that she was the Khaleesi of the Great Grass Sea. She was the bride of Khal Drogo, uh, the, the moon and stars and suns and yada, yada, yada. She was really entrenched in that, and I think that a lot of what we've seen from her on the show, basically everything that we've seen from her on the show stems from that warrior spirit she develops alongside Khal Drogo. Obviously, Khal Drogo is dead, has been dead for a while. We don't know what Dothraki politics look like at all. But you view that as a situation where she is really disadvantaged coming up against these people. Yeah, I certainly do. I thought it looks like some sort of a hostile takeover yeah. where they're going to be taking her prisoner. But you're so tapped into all of this. Like, what's the sort of buzz that you've been hearing in the preseason on this Danny story? Yeah, I think that that's probably right. And I mean, you look at the season six trailer and Danny looks destitute. She's walking among, you know, like a lot, a lot of people, thousands of people. Uh, walking, it seems like they're going to Vias Dothrak, 
which is the one and only Dothraki city. That could be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does look like she's not being given any sort of royal treatment. It looks like oh, she is. Oh, the royal just, treatment. You know, we know we love royal treatment around here. So she can get her rice made any yeah, way she wants? Any way she wants. Crispy, even. You know, yeah. Drogon helps with that. The dragon fire is really good for the crispy rice. Right. Now, the Dothraki home base. Mm. Now, it was in the first book, right? But we didn't see it on the show? Yeah, I don't think that we saw it on the show. Um I don't. I, off the top of my head, I don't recall exactly where it is that Khal Drogo goes in and storms some people, and he gets you know into the big fight with his fellow Dothraki, and that cut is what festers and kills him, and Gomez's as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I don't think that that's Fias Dothrak, but I could be misremembering. Okay, so that's what Danny is doing. Uh, do we anticipate a big effort to find her? Is that what a lot of these characters are going to be doing? Or is she going to be just sort of on her own to come back? I think that that's the Jorah and Dario story. You know, those two, Jorah Mormont, who is, you know, with, with his fresh cootie spot still in place and Dario Noharis, who is likely to show his butt at some point this season. Sure. So that's what you do if you're Dario. Um, no and full OJ. frontal. No full frontal. And OJ? Yeah. Is that true? A lot of OJ butt. Oh, that, I missed that. Uh, yeah, finale of the OJ. Oh, I missed the finale. Spoilers, man. Uh, For the record, Dario <laughs> butt is up here. Cuba Gooding? <laughs> not not as, so great. Not as great. Maybe, you know, Jerry Maguire. Yeah. Uh, Back in when he was when he was Rod Tidwell, when yeah, he was Rod, the non-murdering football player. Yeah, Rod Tidwell butt. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, Rod Tidwell butt's where it's at. Um, but I, I think that, you know, I think that Dario and Jorah, I think they are definitely going to be their, you know, a big part of their season, if not the entirety of their season is going to be dedicated to the effort to find Daenerys. I think, I don't know. I wonder if Daenerys is going to be in need of finding, you know, we have seen her in so many situations in the past where the odds seem to be against her and she wins people over. She's really good about winning people over, you know, yes, uh, making friends and influencing people. I think that we've to know her is to love her. To know her is to love her. We've seen her in this situation with Dothraki specifically in the past. Could she win over the disenfranchised people here the way that she has won over disenfranchised people in the past? And looking at that shot in the trailer of her walking among thousands and thousands of people, can she convert that number to her army? And could this be like the last puzzle piece she needs? to win over a sizable crew that she could go walk over to Westeros over. But does she need a second army? What about the Unsullied? She's got the Unsullied, but we've established that the Unsullied aren't as great as they were <laughs> cracked up to be. They were really yeah. getting their butts kicked in Meereen last season. I would say she should get a refund, but she kind of stole them. She kind of stole them, and I don't think the person that she stole them from is really available to give refunds anymore. That's true. Yeah. But the Dothraki do not want to travel on a boat. They don't love it. They don't love it. They don't love it. But if, you know, she gives them great promises and if she has a real good sales pitch, you know, Cal Drogo was ready to do it. Yeah. Uh, so it's not impossible. And I think she has the Unsullied. She has that number. She has people in Meereen that are loyal to her and the people she liberated from Yunkai and Astapor. Uh, and if she is bolstering those already fairly serious numbers with now great, great amounts of Dothraki warriors that could finally be an army that's worth bringing over to the Seven Kingdoms. Do you think that Danny's army is a bit of a red herring, not a red wedding, a red herring? Uh-huh. Uh, where Although I believe they served red herring at the red wedding. <laughs> it's delicious. Yeah, it's good. As long as they don't serve Pepsi. Yeah, no, it's uh, marinated in Pepsi. <laughs> but that, do you really see Danny bringing an army across the narrow sea where she's going to get there and invade with some, like, you know... 50,000 Dothraki. And then what, even if she wins the Iron Throne, what are they, what are these Dothraki going to do? Especially if we're saying that the real threat is going to be 
from you know uh, the, White the White Walker army. Do you really see the Dothraki getting involved in that? I mean, is Danny's story ultimately going to be to bring peace to Essos, and then she's going to then just come over on dragons? I mean, and then just like annihilate some White Walkers just because. I just can't see where we end up with a you know complete state of Dothraki in Westeros. Sure, it is hard to see. It is also awesome to imagine Dothraki warriors fighting White Walkers and potentially being turned into whites themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, can you imagine like zombie Dothraki? I mean, that that just sounds great. Like, I feel like that's really good. And to see like these really fearsome warriors going up against these ice monsters is almost too cool to pass up. Uh, I feel like. I feel like the whole point of the Danny story has been to get an army over to Westeros to conquer the thing. And maybe she has been, you know, she's been thinking about just staying put for a while until things went really colossally, ba- colossally bad here in Meereen. But if the, if the whole Danny story was not to get her to Westeros, when that's really what it was. Oh, no, I, I still say get her to Westeros, but I just see her more on a flying dragon and not on a ship with tens of thousands of Dothraki or Unsullied. Well, I believe we actually, uh, I know we're far afield from Westeros right now, but we did get a raven that was sent our way that was about this very dragon question, if you want to play it. Hey, Robin, Josh, this is Kristen. And Krista from from San San Francisco. Francisco. Whoa. So in season one, we learned that Tyrion studied dragons and also designed Bran's special saddle. So now that Tyrion has access to Danny's dragons, do you think we'll see this knowledge applied and that by the end of the season, we will see dragon riders? Love to hear your thoughts. Love, love you, Baze. Whoa, well, love you, Baze. That's right. All right. So that, you know, there's backstory with love Tyrion. Love you, Baylor. Baylor. <laughs> love you, Baylor. <laughs> love you, Baelish. <laughs> um, there is backstory with Tyrion being a huge fan of dragons, loves reading right. about dragons, loved them as a kid. That's really firmly in the books. It's, mm-hmm. you know, mentioned kind of as an aside in Game of Thrones, but that's not there without a reason. He's also in charge of Meereen right now, which has two dragons on lockdown. Could he somehow tame them? Could Tyrion? Could, you know, Danny? You want to call the third person Jorah? Could they ride those dragons over to Westeros? I think it would really be a bummer if that were not to happen at some point. Yeah, but do you feel like that the big stumbling block in this plan is that nobody can design a saddle for the dragons? <laughs> That's really is what that it comes the down one to. thing? It's like we have these dragons; they're perfectly trained. That there'll be a person could easily fit on them, and it yeah. would take you right there. And they do whatever you want. We just don't have a seat. I think you need a seat, otherwise you're going to fall off. I don't think you need a seat. You just ride it. You just go bareback. I mean, I believe in. All of the legends that we hear, mm. including watching Daenerys last season, she did not have a seat. Well, Danny didn't seem super in control of that dragon while she was flying, and she kind of just landed in the middle of, you know, Bumble F Essos. Like, it was just like out of nowhere. So it's the seat that'll control the dragon? It'll at least be more comfortable on your tushy. I guess so. You know? So I kind of feel like that maybe, the, you know, uh, Tyrion might like push people to like, okay, well, maybe we should get to riding these dragons uh-huh. and maybe he might know certain things about the dragons. But I don't think that the thing that's holding them back is him designing a saddle. Okay. Well, I also think that, you know, your suggestion of Danny going over with her dragons and let's say Tyrion and somebody else joins her as well. All of that could happen, and they can be the advance team, and somebody is staying behind. It's like, all right, Dothraki people, we're going to sail across to Westeros, and then they kind of show up 
in some sort of eleventh hour type of thing. Mm-hmm. I think that that's still the on the table. But I think, yeah, I think that Danny Danny probably goes first. And I still feel like that we need Bran involved in this storyline because I feel like that his ability to warg into the animals is going to be required also to get the dragons to do what they want them to do. Well, let's put a pin on that. We'll talk about Bran in a couple of days. Okay. Well, let's talk more about what's going on in Marine with Varys and Tyrion. Do you think that this is going to be honky-dory or do you think that they're going to... Not honky Dorney. No. Yeah. Uh, do you think that they're going to run into some problems? Yeah, I mean, you have the whole Son of the Harpy issue going on. It's an issue. It's a big issue. Uh, I think that that will continue to be a problem. You know, the last big effort that we saw from the Sons of the Harpy was this, you know, massively orchestrated assassination attempt against Daenerys in the Marina, and it didn't work out. It didn't play well. Uh, but it certainly happened, and I don't think that just because Danny is gone, they are going to feel pacified. In fact... The fact that Grey Worm and Missande, you know, like a former slave in Grey Worm, you know, when the Unsullied were in slavery, when they were in chains, this is the person who is now king of Meereen. Like, this is the person who is now the face of yes. Meereen. Got to imagine that's going to sit even worse with the Sons of the Harpy than when Daenerys was in charge. It's like a total insult added to injury. So, yeah, Grey Worm and Varys, they might end up having a bromance also. They have <laughs> yeah. a lot in common. Yeah, we could talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> don't have to. Yeah, you know, life is good. You don't need the stones of the pillars. You can get by. Maybe Varys, you know, Varys has some tricks that he could probably teach Grey Worm. More on that to come later. He's got some uh, things to, to share with him. <laughs> All right. I think it's interesting that you're so into the Marine story because I feel like this is one of the most maligned stories on the show. Right. But I feel like that now we've got Tyrion and we've got Varys there, who are two of my favorite characters right. there. Now, I, I feel like that without, if you took Tyrion and Varys out of the mix and it's like, okay, well, what are Grey Worm and Missandei going to do? Then it truly is, you know, the nightmare scenario. Right. That's worst case scenario. Yeah. Danny is stuck there forever. But now, you know, there's some momentum of what's, da- what's going on with Danny. But really, we get to see Tyrion back in a position where, you know, again, talk about the promise unfulfilled back in season two of this show when we used to see all those scenes where Tyrion was the king's hand and Tyrion and Varys walking around where Varys like oh I guess you do know how to lead you do know a thing or two yeah you're pretty good and now here are these two people like in a different school you know reunited back together and with a chance to really put together some of these plans that they talked about yeah it could be really cool you're definitely hopeful but we were really hopeful at the end of season four that season five would contain some really excellent Tyrion and Varys stuff and it was very short lived we have every reason to believe right now based on where things stand that they should be together for longer but we've been down this road to Westeros before are you not as bullish about the scenes between Varys and Tyrion do you feel like I'm being cautious I'm trying to guard my heart Rob because I like you love these characters and I love them together and they really ought to be able to do some great political wheeling and dealing here Uh, I would love to see like the two of them take a meeting with the leader of the Sons of the Harpy like that just like feels like a great scene um, there's there's so much potential. I also hope, though, that it's not a full season in Meereen for those two. Like, I hope that we're able to get out of the Meereenese situation. I hope we can untie the Meereenese knot before season six is over. And if we can't, then I hope it does involve just an enormous amount of awesome Tyrion and Varys stuff. Yeah, it does seem like a lost season for Danny to take her out of Marine and then have her have to get out of this Dothraki situation just to get back to Marine. I know, that would be awful. That would really be a bummer. If the season doesn't bummer. end, if this season doesn't end with Danny finally on the way to Westeros, 
It's just going to be exhausting. <laughs> we riot. We riot. We, we riot. riot. We riot at that point. But you got to imagine that she will ride <laughs> to Westeros. We flip the over the Great Harpy. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. What's your prediction? Is Danny on her way to Westeros by the end of the season? By the end of this season? And I include I say season no. finale. I say no. <laughs> Back to puking. Well, uh, that speaks to a bigger question. I mean, how many more seasons are there of Game of Thrones? Right. I think probably two. Two. That's my bet. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> Boy, so you feel like there's two more books? There's two more books. Uh, I But I think that, you know, the writers of the show, Benioff and Weiss, they've said, like, you know, the books are the, are the books and the show is the show. George R. R. Martin has said the same thing. So it's not like they're completely sticking to the page anymore. Mm-hmm. I think that their show has, you know, I think that they are interested in wrapping this thing up. I think Benioff and Weiss they have a life to, more to get stuff. back to. Okay. They would like to do other stuff. I would, my money would be a season seven that is, you know, done Breaking Bad, Soprano style, split into two parts over two years. Okay, so you it's think like a this, twenty episode season seven? So a seven A and seven B. Do you think that the episode order will be ten and ten, or do you think it'll be like sort of like a you know yeah. eight and eight? I would say ten and ten. Okay, my bet. And then you feel like it ends definitively, or there's a movie? No movie, no movie. No okay, movie. there will be a prequel series. I could live with all that. Yeah, with think, everything you're saying. You know, they will. They will. You know, Game of Thrones. They'll walk away, and then Brian Cogman, who's another great writer on the show, will like come back and he'll adapt the Dunkin' Egg stories or some something. Um, one other thing before we leave the Mirian story behind is let us return to Jorah and Dario and let us road and let us remember, let us recall the cootie spot. Yes. The little spot of bother on, on Jorah Mormont's arm. Uh, he has come down with grayscale, which we saw the full effects of firsthand back when we were going through old Valyria back in season five. And Jorah was really panicked by getting touched by one of those stone men. And he has this really awful thing going on. Is that going to play into things in a major way, you think? I mean, you got to think it's going to... It's a time bomb. Yeah, continue to progress. It's not going to be great. No, I think it will be a lot of trouble for Ser Jorah. I think Jorah going into this season is, you know, uh, a really likely contender for not coming out of it. I think that you could see Jorah's days being numbered here. Yeah, I do feel like that's the TV trope of the character with the terminal illness uh, dying in some other way, not yeah. of said terminal illness. Yeah, you think that you could see a scene where Jorah goes to Danny and he's like, I want to tell you why I did all this. And Danny's like, if you tell me it was for the family again, and Jorah's like, I did it for me. Did it for me, I right. did it for me. Right. But uh, what do you think about the bond between uh, Dario and Ser Jorah, who had been rivals, mm. both competing for Danny for much of their time on screen together? Then do you think that Dario wins Jorah over by the end of it? And so... Jorah is like, just promise me you'll treat her right. Yeah, promise me, Dario. Let me see that butt Take one last her to Yunkai. time. Yeah, I don't know. Astapor. Dario's Astapor. Uh, Whoa. I feel like, I don't know. I, I, don't see, I, I could see some sort of camaraderie developing between those two guys. I'm still kind of suspicious about Dario. Ooh. Yeah, I still kind of feel like, I don't know, he's a mercenary. Yeah, he's been you know sleeping with Daenerys, and all of that has been great, but are his intentions pure? Well... <laughs> Or is he just up for sale and, you know, he's able to, you know, he would switch on a dime on Daenerys Targaryen. You know, you talk about all of these uh, different Game of Thrones news items that break uh, for The Hollywood Reporter. Correct. Did you cover anything about Amelia Clark's desire for more male nudity on Game of Thrones? I did not, but I read about it. <laughs> you read about it. I read about that. I did. Yes. 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 Uh, and I echo it. Of course I do. Everybody knows I'm a juicy butt man. 
Let me see the juicy ass. Well, I think it was more than just butts she wanted. Yeah, we want to go all the way around. Pan that camera around to the front side. Yeah. Let's see that. Yeah. We've seen enough of the moon of my life. <laughs> let's see the sun and stars. Let's see the pillars. Yeah, let's see the stones. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, Josh. Anything else in terms of our storylines going on in the East? Well, there's more stuff in Essos that I think we should discuss, but we can go elsewhere for that, and we can uh, discuss this on another day, perhaps tomorrow even. Yes, okay. Uh, Well, that would be over in the wonderful world of Bravo. Yes, that's where we're going to go next. Let's go check in on Arya Stark. I think you wanted to talk about Mace Tyrell. No, not really, but we will. (laughs) Okay, we'll talk about Mace. All right, well, we'll talk about Mace. We will talk about face. Yeah, we'll talk about Arya's eyes getting sprayed with Mace. Yes. Uh, All that is coming up on day five of The Road to Westeros. Josh, do you have a hashtag for today? Uh, Juicy Astapor. Juicy Astapor. Uh, <laughs> too hard that's uh, r-rated uh look people can write it if they want it's their twitter <laughs> it's their twitter we don't we'll let them decide uh i also had uh pepsi red herring pepsi red herring all right that's if, if you are kosher if you're kosher yeah or if you think that the yeah if the uh juicy astapor is unkosher for you sorry guys all right so that's gonna do it for us here today make sure you're following round howard on twitter he's at round howard yeah that's yep. right. That's right. I'm at Rob Sestrino. We always uh, do appreciate all of the comments and feedback on our iTunes page at postshowrecaps.com slash G-O-T iTunes. We'll be back talking about Bravos on day five coming up tomorrow. Take care, everybody.